Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege it is to be in sanctuary in Jonesboro, Arkansas. You can be seated if you'd like. It is so good to be here. I appreciate so much the invitation of Brother O'Connell uh, to allow me to come and to minister to you today. It's good to see Sister O'Connell and Sister Nora and uh, so many other, all of you, my good friends, Brother and Sister Cruz and Man, it's just great to see all of you in this place today. And, uh, man, I love that song. They were singing all well, these songs, but I got to looking and thinking about that when they were singing a while ago. He turned uh, graves into gardens. <laughs> uh, he turned seas into highways. And you know what? He didn't have to Google it. <laughs> he, he, he didn't have to say, hey, I've never done this before. Can somebody give me some? No, no, no. He didn't do it. Now I got to thinking about all the things that God done, you know, just it never been done before, but hey, that's him. He made the iron to swim. He didn't have to Google it. He just, he just knew, made the sun, you know, the, the Bible said the sun stood still. It really didn't. But did you ever think about God said, hey, Joshua, that's not the way it works, but I know what you mean, and I'll just make it happen anyway. So he just stops the whole universe. Hey, I'm glad today I'm serving a God that knows how. I'm glad today you're serving a God that knows how. It may not make sense to us today what's going on in our world. We don't understand it, but I guarantee you, God didn't take an Excedrin this morning. He didn't have to have two Tylenols. He didn't have to have a box of beer. He knows where we are today. He knows what's going on. And I promise you it's going to be okay. I'm glad I'm one of his. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Let's just have a little church here for a little while. What do you say? It's the house of God. And I got news for you. Upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friend, we're going to make it. We're overcomers. This thing's going to be okay. Revival is coming like we have never seen in our lives. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe in end time revival. I believe it's on its way. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I didn't even intend to say all that, but I just, man, I feel this in this place today. I'm glad I know him. I'm glad I'm on his side. I'm on the winning side. You know, there's a lot of, lot of politics stuff going on, and, and I'm sure it concerns all of us. Uh, but I can tell you one, one side I'm glad to be on. I'm on his side because I read the back of the book and we win. We win. Hallelujah. It's a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Can I tell you today, hey, just hang on. I, I, I really feel like I've got a word for you today. I, 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 don't, I don't know when <clears throat> the other day I just felt like God dropped something in my heart that I want to preach to you about today. Uh, but, but you know what? It is, it, is, it is so easy to get frustrated and, you know, this just doesn't seem right. This just isn't right and, and, and so on, you know. <clears throat> but can I tell you something? Revival's on its way. And you know why I believe that? The rapture will not be a rescue mission for a dying church. God's not going to say, man, if I don't get in and get them, folks, ain't nobody. No, 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 no. No, the best is yet to come. 
the best is yet to come. There's a many a backslider out there that said, man, we need to get back in church. We need to get right with God. You just wait till this thing settles down a little bit. You're not going to have room. I don't care where your building is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me, let me preach to you for just a little while here today. I want to I talk to you today about something that uh, has, uh, you know, as, as preachers, sometimes you, you know, you get into that and you look, man, I preached that and I've heard this preached and they've heard this and, and everything. But then all of a sudden there's something just so new and fresh and different that, that comes from a passage of Scripture. And you're, well, that's, that's kind of where I am today. So, so just stay with me for a little bit. Um, there was probably been some times when you've gone to your favorite uh, uh, grocery store or, or what, what, wherever and found the shelves were a little barren. But can I tell you today, God's, God's storehouse is not barren. It never has been. The shelves are never empty. He's got what you need. And it's always fresh. It's always fresh. I want to talk to you for a little while today about keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh. Hallelujah. Uh, the fresh will become stale with time. It will become stale with temperature change and moisture and, and all kinds of factors go into changing stuff that was so fresh the last time you looked. But now it's stale. It may have mold. It may have uh, whatever, but it's, got, it's, it's stale. But, but let me tell you something. There is something in my heart today for a cry for something fresh. God, give us a fresh touch. Give us a fresh anointing. Give us a fresh touch of the a spirit in the presence of God. I want it fresh. I want it fresh. And I don't want you to misunderstand me today. I love my heritage, and I, I have sat so many times with, with old saints of God and old preachers and heard their stories from way back yonder, and my heart was so excited. But you know what? That's in the past, and that's history that, that we can learn from. But I'm in a generation today that's wanting to see something fresh. Give me something that's for real. It can still be true. It can still be genuine, but it can still be fresh. I got news for you today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He's got a fresh supply. He's got a new generation coming on that hasn't seen these things. They want to see it. And he said, okay, I'm going to give it to you fresh. That's the reason I believe this apostolic church is going to see things like we have never seen before. Sanctuary Church is a place it's going to be fresh. You know why? Because you've got a pastor and you've got a, a staff and you've got saints of God that says, hey, we can't live back there. we got to have revival today. And they know what it takes to pay that price. They know what it takes to keep that thing going. And so guess what? That's what's happening. That's the reason such efforts being put, on, uh, put into online stuff because you can't always be here. But guess what? We're going to bring the word to you. We're going to get it to you fresh. We're going to send something to you because somebody's been on their face before God and said, God, I need something for today. I need something fresh. Let's keep it fresh. And it will sustain us. In the book of Psalms, chapter 92 and verse, uh, begin with verse 8, he said, But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, thine enemies shall perish all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of the unicorn. 
it shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes shall also uh, see my desires of mine enemies, and, and mine ears shall hear my desires of the wicked that shall rise against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that he planted in the house of the Lord that flourisheth in the courts of our God, uh, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing uh, to show you that the Lord is upright and that he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. But I want you to notice verse 10. He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. What's wrong with yesterday? Nothing, nothing. It was great in its day. It's just that we're in a time. We need a fresh anointing. We need some fresh oil. God, would you pour out that horn of oil on us today? Would you anoint sanctuary church like it has never been anointed? Would you anoint this pastor like he has never been anointed? Would you anoint these singers like they have never been anointed? Give us a fresh anointing, God. Give us fresh oil and anoint us for the preaching of the gospel. Please hear me today. Uh, I, I want to be anointed with fresh oil, and I want to keep it fresh. I'm not interested in just another service because it was a Wednesday or because it was a Sunday. I'm not interested in just hearing a dry, uh, recess, uh, recited sermon. But, but God, give me something from a preacher that has been on his face before God and said, I have heard from God, and I've come here to preach to you a fresh word from God. Hey, that's what's going to sustain us. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be something that stands with us through the days and the weeks and the months that are ahead ahead of us. Isaiah said in chapter 6, and that's a beautiful chapter, and I won't take a lot of time to go through that, but, but it was in the beginning of that where Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and so on. But, but down in about verse uh, 5, he said, uh, then said I, woe is me. For I'm undone, and, 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 and I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean uh, lips. For mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. And then he said there was one of those seraphims that flew down, that, that angel, that whatever, they're called different things, but said he flew down. I want you to notice that he took the tongs and got a live coal from off the altar and brought it and touched to my lips. You know why he had to have the tongs? It was fresh. It was hot. Man, it was something that would sustain, that would drive out everything. He said, now this has touched your lips. It has purged your iniquity. I'm going to tell you something today, friend. When it's fresh, it will set you free. When it's fresh, it will cleanse you from all these things. When it's fresh, you will have that fresh touch of God that's in your life that you need so much. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, give us women with fresh anointing. Give us young people with a fresh anointing and a desire to reach our world. I can tell you today, there are hungry young people out there that just don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. And we look at them sometimes and think they're just a bunch of rebels. But if you could see what goes on down inside them, they're looking for something, but they want something fresh. And don't you think they can't tell the difference? 
Don't you think they don't know the difference? In Psalms 137, there's, a, there's an interesting story to me. He said, by the rivers of Babylon, uh, there we sat down, and yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. He said, we hang our harps on the willow tree in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us inquired of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. And if I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. What's he saying? He said, man, here's these people that were carried away captive. And these folks said, man, I've heard that way back yonder, you folks used to really sing. Why don't you take those harps down and sing us some songs from yesterday? But they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange? We're captive. We can't. We need some fresh oil. We need something to set us free. It's, a, it's, it's in our mind. Yeah, we remember those days way back there. We remember what that's like. But if you could see this anxiousness in our soul, if you could see this groaning in our heart, we want something fresh. We want the touch of God again in our But we are carried away captive, and we are in a strange land. We can't sing the Lord's song here. And then he went on and said, man, oh, God, don't ever let me forget what it's like to have the fresh. Don't ever let me forget what it's like to be able to walk into a church and feel the presence of God. Brand new, it's fresh all over again, all over again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can't live on a memory from the past. I have, I have sat with those old timers and listened to them tell me about that. And man, my heart has rejoiced. I've watched my dad and, and, and mom and, and literally been with them when somebody had, had heard a little radio broadcast that we had on, I think it was on Mountain Home Station. And one day, Dad got a call from some little couple way over around Gasful. We didn't know who they were, didn't know anything about them at all. But got a call from them, said, we're sick, but we've heard you on the radio, and we believe that God would, would heal us if you come. And I remember going with Mom and Dad, drove over there, found that little old house where those people live, go in there and people sick and prayed for them and watched God miraculously touch them. Man, what a thrill that was. But you know what? I can't live on that memory. I got to stand here before you today and tell you, you need something fresh. I need something fresh. We got to have something that brings us to the place that we say, God, I'm grateful for that, but, but now I'm going to stand because I know you can do it again because you never change. Is anything too hard for God? Nay, not anything. Hey, it all belongs to him. He knows how to do it then. He can do it again today. He will pour out his spirit and it will happen because we are going to have it fresh again. Hallelujah. Someone said, I was born in the fire and I can't live in the smoke. <laughs> Give me something fresh. Kindle that fire. Let's keep the fire burning. Let's keep it going. We have got to have that going in our lives every day. He has something fresh today. I promise you, God has something fresh for you today, for all of us. I have found that the more time I can spend with him, seems like the fresher it becomes. There's a fresh miracle in your life. There are blessings that are new every day. 
Now I want to take you to the place where, where my message really came from today. <clears throat> and this is stuff that I have preached before, and you've probably heard it preached, so I'm, I'm just going to ask you to indulge me for, for just a few minutes. And it's taken from the book of Luke, chapter 7, and verse 19. <clears throat> and John calling unto him two of his disciples, and he sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another. And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist sent us unto thee, saying, Are you him? Are, 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 are you really, really? Is this still right? Or does he need to look for another? Then Jesus answering, uh, and that's, let me back up, verse 21. And at that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits and unto many that were blind and gave sight. Then Jesus answering unto them and said, Go your way now and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor, the gospel is preached. <clears throat> and blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. You've heard that too, I'm sure. I've preached about it a lot. But recently, something just, just broke out of that at me. And that's what I want to preach to you about for just the next few minutes, and then I'll be through. When, when, you, when you think about who John was and the ministry of John the Baptist, remember who John was? John said, I, I'm not him, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. I am not worthy to stoop down and loose and latch his shoes, but he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And... <clears throat> And then John said on another occasion, he said, hey, hey, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You remember, they were kin folks. They were close kin. They grew up together. And here Jesus is saying, I must decrease, or John, he said, I must decrease, but he must increase. And John is out there baptizing people. And the baptism of repentance tell them they should believe on him that should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. And then one day he looks up and here comes Jesus. And Jesus approaches him. And John, I think, was a little taken aback by it when he said, uh, he said, John, baptize me. And John said, no, 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 you, you got this wrong. I, I'm not worthy to, to baptize you. And, and Jesus said, John, do it. Suffer it to be so that the scripture might be fulfilled. And so John goes down with Jesus in that water and baptizes him. And when he does, there was that dove that came, you remember? And set upon him, and there was that voice that came and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am, am well pleased. Hear ye him. John is standing there by him. 
He walks with him and witnesses the miracles and everything that he is doing. John knows who he is. But when John's time had about come to an end, he has been imprisoned. And he knows that, that Jesus will not only open the blind eyes, he will not only unstop the deaf ears, he will not only raise the dead, but he will set the captive free. And John is captive. I can imagine John scratching his head and saying, I wonder if he knows where I am. Surely he will be here any day to set me free. And then somewhere that emotional thing worked on John to the place that he said, have I messed up? Did I really miss who he is? And he calls those disciples and he said, I want you to go ask him. Tell him, I sent you and I need a confirmation. I need something to reassure me that I didn't get this wrong. And you ask him if he is really him or should we look for another? I need some help. I hope you won't be offended because I'm going to paraphrase this just a little bit. So these two guys go and find Jesus. I don't know where he is. I don't know how long it took, but they're on a mission. And they go find Jesus and said, hey, hey, can we talk to you just a minute? John the Baptist sent us here to ask you if, if you're really him. He said, hey, hey guys, yeah, yeah, John, John's my, my friend. John's a great guy. He said, he said, I tell you what, he said, I, I, I want to talk to you, but just, just hang around a while. I, I got some stuff going on, but, but just, just take it easy. Just give me a little time, and, and I really want to talk to you. And the Bible said that same hour, I don't know if it's 60 minutes, I don't know if it's that day, but in that same time frame, while these two guys are there waiting to hear what he's got to say, they're bringing him the blind, and he touches them, and they're seeing they're bringing him the deaf, and he's touching them, and they're hearing. He is raising that little deceased person up and giving them back to life. He's preaching the gospel to the poor. The Bible said he healed them all. And finally, when he gets time, and the crowd has dissipated, and he's got a little time, he goes to them two guys and he says, hey guys, I tell you what I want you to do now. Go and tell John what you have just seen and heard. Take him something fresh. Don't, let's don't make him just rely on what it was when he baptized me in the Jordan River. 
let's don't make him just hang on to some distant memory. You go back and tell him, I'm still healing the leper. You go back and tell him, I'm still opening the eyes of the blind. I'm still healing the deaf person. You take John something fresh. I want him to have a fresh word. I want him to have a fresh miracle. I want John to know I'm still him. It's still working. I don't know if that means to you what it did to me, but I thought, you know, Jesus could have said, hey, hey guys, hey, hey, go tell John, look, buddy, you not remember all those miracles that I did? Do you not remember you was the guy that pointed to me and said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You introduced me to the world, John. He could have said, go, go back and remind John, man, how powerful it was that day he baptized me. That beautiful dove came down and sat upon my shoulder and then that thundering voice that everybody could hear that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He could have said, just go remind John of that. But he didn't. He said, hey, guys, I know what you want. And I'm going to give you something to take, John. But I want you to take him something fresh. Instead of just remind him of a memory, tell him what you saw today. Tell him you saw the blind see. Tell him you saw the deaf hear. Tell him you saw the lame walk. That old boy threw his crutches away. He didn't need them anymore. Take something fresh to John. I've come to tell somebody today, you don't have to rely on a past experience. There's something fresh for you in this house today. You don't have to rely on what what it used to be, there's something fresh today for every person in this building. Hallelujah. Now, let, let, let me show you something. When these guys get out of earshot, and they're going back to tell John, man, don't you know they're excited? Wow, boy, there's something. John, you all seen what we saw today? It's fresh. I mean, John, it just happened. It, it, man, it, you ought to see. And as soon as these guys get out of earshot, Jesus said to them that were around, he said, hey, hey, let me, let me tell you something. Of all the men that's ever been born of woman, there's never been a greater than John the Baptist. And I looked at one time and I thought, man, why didn't you say that five minutes ago? Wouldn't that have been a story for them to took to John? Wow. What a guy. But they didn't hear that. You know why? If they had heard that and took that to John, it would have removed the necessity of his faith to trust God to the end. I don't know. Let, let me just share a personal experience with you. I have sat with a, 
a many a person, several, several people, let me say it that way, several preachers. And I'm going to use a personal story today. When my older brother Harold was in the last few months of his life, a man had given his life to ministry and to missions. In five different, five or six different foreign mission fields and spent some time, paid his own way. Man saw tremendous things, literally gave everything he had to the church and the missions. I know that. Now, Parkinson's has so debilitated him and he's in that wheelchair. <clears throat> Sitting in that nursing home and I've sat with him on two or three different occasions when he would bring this up and he'd say, Gary, I just hope I make it. I said, do what? He said, man, I, I just hope, hope I can make it. I said, why do you say that? He said, I just don't feel like I've done enough. I just don't feel like I've, I have much to show for what I've done. And I said, Harold, what about the church you built? What about the mission fields you've been on? How many missionaries have you supported? How much money have you given to missions to take the gospel? He said, yeah, but man, how do I stack up with Peter and Paul and these guys? And I said, well, you know, they weren't in a wheelchair. And I said, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's not about what you've done. It's about his grace. It's about his mercy. It's about a fresh touch. It's about keeping your experience fresh, and I know that's what you've done. I was in there sometime after that, and he got to the place they couldn't take him to church anymore. And he said, man, I feel so rotten. I said, what's the matter? Now, the reason I'm telling you this is I've seen so many people that have this John the Baptist experience. And it's not because they've not done a lot for God. It's because they come right down to the end of it and then feel like, I don't, I don't have anything. To, what, what is this like? And he's sitting there with him one day, and, and he said, man, I just feel so rotten, feel so dirty. I said, what, what, what's wrong with you, man? Why do you say that? And he said, man, I can't do nothing for God. I can't do a Bible study. He, he did a few Bible studies there in the, in the nursing home, and it just got where he couldn't keep his thoughts together and so on. And he said, I can't give a Bible study. I can't go to church or anything. Man, I just miss church. And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I said, he looked at me and I said, yeah, you know, God's got this big old whiteboard. He's got a big old magic marker. And every time you miss church, he puts a big old mark and said, that's one. He looked at me and started to laugh. I said, you know better than that. You know better than that. That's not, that's not how this thing works. He said, be thou faithful unto death. I said, you know what's happening to you? You're having a John the Baptist experience. 
You know what he's done. You know what you've seen him do. But it's a memory, and right now, you're not getting to see it, and you're having to live on the faith that you have because of the experience that you've had. But I'm telling you how it's okay. It's okay because one of these days, you'll trade that old wheelchair. You'll trade this old cross for a crown, and it's going to be okay. Listen, friend, keep it fresh. I don't care if you're 15 or if you're 95. You can have a fresh experience with God. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair or you're running triathlon. You can still have an experience with God that's as fresh as a daisy. Praise God. Let's stand. Hey, can I tell you today? There are miracles that are still happening all around us. But I think sometimes we fail to focus on them because we're looking for it in a particular place. We're looking, you know, I've heard people say, and they they name people that's been crippled from birth or whatever, say, now, if old brother so-and-so, if he ever gets up and walks, I believe in miracles. Well, you're probably not going to see it, you know, because if, if, if he did, you probably wouldn't see it. But I'm telling you, there are miracles that are happening all around us. He makes a way when there is no way. Aren't you glad you're serving a God that provides? He knows, he knows where you are. He knows where you are. That little old widow that's out there gathering up them sticks, and she said, son, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to eat this, and we're going to die. But I'm going to fix this one more last little meal. And about that time, she looks around, and here comes the man of God. He said, what are you doing? She said, I'm fixing to gather two sticks. I'm going to fix a little, a little cake for my son and me, and we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. And he said, would you bring me a little water? And she said, okay. And, and while you're at it, bring, bring me a little cake. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. I just got enough just to make me and my son just a small cake and we're going to eat it and we're going to die. Make me one first and then make it for you and your son. At that woman's end of her life, she thought, but God know where she was. God know where she was at. And I'm going to tell you today, he knows where you're at. He knows what's going on with you. Don't despair. Don't give up. It's okay. Man, I'm going to tell you, one of these days, we're going to lay this stuff down. We're going to trade this whole cross for a crown. And I don't know how y'all do this, and I know you probably don't come to the front and all this stuff, but, but I wonder, could you just slip up a hand and say, God, give me a fresh touch. God, I want a fresh anointing. I want a fresh experience. I want a fresh experience, God. I want that fresh anointing. Keep it fresh, God. Keep it fresh in my life. That's what that daily prayer is so important about. That's what that daily reading of the Word is so important about. Hallelujah. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh, God. Let it pour out fresh on me. He still has the answer to your problems. Before you ever got here, God's already been here. He's counted it out. Hear me today, Sanctuary Church. It's still happening. He's still the healer of every sickness, disease, and infirmity. Hey, John, he's still doing it. Hey, John, he's still doing it, John. It's okay. It's okay, John. Just don't be offended at him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Man, I feel like God has ministered to somebody in this place. Maybe it's somebody who's been watching on live stream. My prayer is God has ministered to you because I'm telling you, sitting right there in your home, you can have a fresh experience with God. He'll fill you again with the Holy Ghost. You'll feel that presence of God sweep over your soul. Don't give up. Don't despair. Help's on the way because he's got a fresh touch for you. I feel I'm reaching somebody today out there. You're you're watching this. You know I'm telling you the truth. You're about to the place of despair, but don't despair because he's got a fresh touch for you. He's got something fresh. One more time, would you just thank him for his presence? Thank you for that touch of God we feel in this house today. I want more.